0: Dr. Gantt, and, and uh, let him speak by the Spirit today. Amen? Amen. Well, we're ready for that new place. How about the rest of you? New place. I love it when you are in a worship service, and, and you're just from a pure heart, worshiping the Lord and then you get to that place in the service in that time of worship where you where you feel like we we hit the place that God wanted us to be. And when we started singing about a new place and God moving us to that place, it just seemed to me like we should just stay there a while, which we did in our time of worship. And so just appreciate that, Abe. Um My first order of business this morning, uh, after saying hi to everybody and telling you we're glad to be here, is to thank you personally, those of you who did pray, uh, for my lovely wife Rhonda. Uh, In February of of last year, of 19, uh, she experienced influenza, which turned into other things, sepsis, and then rhabdomyolysis. And the majority of people, I think maybe statistics show 60%, uh, who experience the level of what she experienced, rhabdomyolysis, do not live. And if they do live, the majority are in a wheelchair. And uh, I just want you to know, as you can see, she lived and didn't die. And she's not in a wheelchair. She walks. And um, God gave her a wonderful promise uh, not long after this all transpired, after she had come home from the rehab hospital, that he would restore her health, he would heal her wounds, and then I added on, and he will renew her youth like the eagle. <laughs> and I believe God was in that too. <laughs> so those, those three promises uh, we've been boldly proclaiming. And uh, the reason she's here today is because of people like yourselves who prayed for her. And uh, uh, they finally told me that she was within 48 hours of leaving the earth. If her body did not respond properly in the next 48 hours, she would leave the earth. Um, I'm not a real emotional person, uh, but I must admit I experienced some severe emotion at that point and um, realized that she was exactly what the doctors had been saying. All they knew to say was, she's very, very sick. Well, you know, I'm thinking, well, duh. Of course she's very, very sick. Uh, But then I realized, hey, she is very, very sick. And um, so we contacted key people around the country, uh, this church um, being one of those key groups of people to pray for her. And it was just absolutely awesome what God did by His Spirit. He truly raised her up. And um, if He hadn't, I believe I'd still be here today. I'd just be here as a single man. And I'm so glad I'm not a single man. (laughs) We'll be married 42 years in May. And we believe God has more for us to do as a couple. uh, And we're thankful for that. We have transitioned, Uh, we have both retired from compact family services. From administration there, Rhonda as the uh, Human Resources Director and myself as the Assistant Administrator. The ministry has grown tremendously uh, during our time there, and we believed it was time for us to step away. And we were leaving it in good hands, and we believed that we were to come back to Iowa and take care of my parents. Uh, My dad will be 88 this summer. uh, My mom turns 87 uh march 31st so not too far out from now and we believe we're to care for them and we believe we're also to win the loss to christ and make disciples in in the region we're in now and and we believe we're missionaries sent back to southwest iowa and the region uh to make a difference and uh, we plan to do just that by the grace of god we will by god's grace make a difference uh, I was just thinking uh, as we were driving over here today from the hotel that this is my, the beginning of my third decade of relating to and ministering at Harvest Church. Uh, I think the first time was 1998. So that was the end of a decade and then all of the next decade and now we're starting a new decade. So this is beginning my third decade of 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 ministry here and relating and being connected with you and being part of this family we do not park uh, in the visitor spot when we come here on purpose i mean i i'm an order freak so i could not ever park in the visitor's parking spot i would never do it and we believe we're going to have the privilege of connecting more with you in the future than ever before Even though the farm is three hours and 45 minutes away, (laughs) what's that? You know, that's just a short drive. So uh, we believe that we're going to be able to spend more time with you. We're not exactly sure what that looks like. Um, We have no home church, at least not yet where we are in southwest Iowa. And so I think this would be a great home church. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. This would be a great This is a great home church for all of you. Napoleon Bonaparte, a great general and statesman who lived in the second half of the 18th century and the earlier part of the 19th century, said this about leaders leaders are dealers in hope. And I didn't say dope, dealers in hope. And over the years, I've endeavored by the enablement of the Holy Spirit to be a dealer in hope, to minister hope to God's people. And I want to do that today. And I want to share with you concerning you living fully persuaded. Living fully persuaded. This, this is not just a new year, folks. I know you know this, but it's a new decade. And I believe we need to pray, we need to believe, and we need to live as though Jesus will return for the church during this decade. I did not say he will return for the church this decade. I believe, though, we need to pray and believe and live As though he will. And I think that would make a tremendous difference. In how we all approach. Not just this year. But this decade. If we really would expect Jesus. To return for the church. This decade. If he doesn't. Well. All we've done is let it all. Go and. Lived all out for him. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now what I believe he wants. I believe he wants you and I to let him have what he wants. Let's make this year and this decade all about Jesus Christ and what he wants let's Let's find out what Jesus wants, and then let's let him have what He wants, where our individual lives are concerned. Now that may look a whole lot like what you've been doing, but for some it might look different. I don't know. But let's endeavor to let him have what he wants. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you and I having desires especially if God's the one who's given us the desires. There's nothing wrong with us having godly desires and wanting him to fulfill those desires in our life. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's endeavor this year and this new decade to major on what he wants. Let's find out what he wants. And then let's let him have what he wants. Let him have his way. Let him be in control. Amen. Living life fully persuaded. For many years, I've had the privilege of traveling around the country and to other parts of the world, sharing with people what it means to be a person of faith. Faith in God. Faith in Almighty God. Faith in Jesus Christ, His Son. And it's, it's most simply described this way, I've discovered. Faith in God or I'm concerned. My faith in God is simply this. My persuasion. Concerning truth. Resulting in dependence upon Christ. My persuasion. Concerning truth. Remember God's word is truth. My persuasion concerning truth. Resulting in dependence upon Christ. And with that in mind, then, you and I should readily then think, wow, my faith can be measured. Well, how do you measure your faith? By your dependence upon Christ. Are you more dependent upon Christ today, in this new year, in this new decade, than you were last year? You know whether you are or not. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not here to condemn anybody or criticize anybody. Are you more dependent upon Christ today than you were yesterday, and especially than you were a year ago? Because that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to be dependent upon him. So faith is my persuasion where God and I are concerned. My faith in God is my persuasion concerning truth resulting in my dependence upon Christ. And that's what Jesus wants in 2020, and that's what he wants in this new decade. He wants us to depend on him. And I believe as we depend on him, he then has opportunity to live his life through us. And that's what he wants. That's how heaven's will is done on earth. When Jesus is allowed by you and I to live his life in us and through us. God's will in heaven done on earth. I think you would agree with me that we live we live in a very mixed up world today. I have to be very cautious because it's easy for me to say, you know what? I'm not listening. I'm not watching any more news. But then if I if I go overboard with that, then I don't know what's going on. And then somebody'll say, "Well, did you hear about? No, I didn't hear about that." Something I should have heard about and hadn't heard about because I just refuse to watch any news or listen to any news. So we got to be we got to be cautious about that. But folks, we got to zero in on Jesus and what he wants and we've got to we've got to live all out by depending upon him this year. Rhonda and I have determined that we're we're going to get really wild in this new year and in this decade and um, we're we're going to live like We're gonna live beyond what we've ever lived before when it comes to trusting Jesus and doing what His Word says, and just do radical things. We've we've been through so much this last year. I mean, why not just live all out for Him? (laughs) I mean, why not? Why not retire and come back and take care of my parents? I mean, that seems so. That seems wow. That's. And you said, well, where are you, where are you living? <laughs> well, we're on the farm. Well, where are you living on the farm? Well, we we thought we'd live in the house with them, and then we found out they weren't ready for that yet. So we went to buy a house in town 13 miles away in Clarinda, Iowa, and Dad asked, well, why are, you, why are you looking at houses in Clorinda? I said, well, you don't want us to live with you. Where are we going to live? He goes, well, that's too far away. Oh, okay. So where would you like for us to live? You've got two barns and a big garage. One of those places? Well, I don't know. We just don't want you to live very far away. Rhonda says, well, I'm not living in an RV, just sitting out in the wind and in Iowa." And And I said, how about an RV in a barn? She goes, I can do that. So we bought a 40-foot RV and put it in the barn. I mean, it's not very complicated. You know, you just find out what God wants, and you do it. God says, retire from that job. Okay, we'll retire. Go help your folks. Okay, we'll go help the folks. Not knowing that would require, at least for now, living in a barn in an RV. I could write a book probably about tiny house living. I probably never will. Do I recommend tiny house living? Not really. But you know what I do recommend is doing the will of God. Now you watch. We're going to have testimony in the months and years to come. In fact, we'll probably have opportunity to stand right before y'all and tell you what God has done because we let him have his way. Amen. Yes, right now the heat's not working. So we are living at the house. <laughs> well, we're going to get that straightened out, honey. We really are. I I, tr- I promise you we'll get that straightened out. Jesus, help me. <laughs> Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. You living fully persuaded in this new year and new decade is going to require you to take hold of the promises of God to a degree you've never taken hold of. Second Peter, this is a newer Bible. It's not brand new, but it's newer, and sometimes it just doesn't turn. The pages won't turn as fast as I want them to turn. Second Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. We're talking about truth now. God's word is truth. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him. Who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, his own glory and excellence, by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, by them, by them, by them what? By them promises. So that by the promises of God you may become partakers of the divine nature of having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Truth or God's word includes his promises to his people. And in our case, it's his new covenant people. We're we're new covenant people. You need to remind yourself daily, I'm a new covenant person. I'm in covenant with the most high God in and through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. I'm a new covenant person. I'm in covenant with God. I'm not just close to God. I'm not just in the family of God. I am truly in covenant with God. And everything that's his is mine. And the deal there is everything that's ours must be allowed to become his. That's where we're at this year and this new decade. What's ours needs to become his. We've already got his we're in covenant with him as we partake of the divine nature by embracing the promises of god it says we escape the corruption that's in the world through lust we we escape the decay we we escape the ruin we escape the destruction that's in the world through lust uh, and Lust here means uh, a longing for the forbidden. Uh, a, a New Testament word would be uh, concupiscence. We, uh, we, we escape the corruption that's in the world through lust, that's there through a longing for the forbidden, uh, a longing for or a strong desire or an appetite for the unholy. As we embrace the promises of God, We partake of his divine nature and we're able then to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now, I'm not here to tell you that nothing bad will ever happen to you. I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you is that you can escape or you can live free from or you can be delivered from or delivered through whatever might come upon you that is contrary to the will and the word of God. Do bad things happen to good people? Well, the. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about him delivering us and causing us to escape, to, to live in victory over maybe sometimes having to have gone through something, but we just keep on going because we're with him and we're in covenant with him and he causes us to escape. That's good news for this new year. I, I think of those scriptures in 1 John and and um, and and chapter two, where where it talks about that we're not to love the world or the things that are in the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. That's what's in the world we see there. We're, we're not to love those things. And then I I think of of, of Matthew four and Luke four, where Jesus was tempted. Those three times in the wilderness and those three temptations that he experienced were all about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, the way Jesus overcame what was in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, which is contrary to the will of God for our lives. The way he overcome was, very simply, it is written. When, when Satan tempted Jesus, the way Jesus responded was by telling him what was written. If that's how Jesus operated... How much more should you and I be operating that way in this new year, in this new decade? It is written. We need to know what is written, and that's what needs to be on our lips. And as you were praying, along with many others, for Rhonda, and as you were speaking the Word of God over her life, as I was praying and speaking the Word of God over her life, God, by His Spirit, moved upon that Word, just like the Spirit of God uh, moved, on the face of the deep, the Spirit of God moved as we prayed and as we spoke the Word of God, and victory has been the the final outcome. And that's what God has planned for us this new year. But we're going to have to become a little more active than we were last year. We're going to have to become a little more active than we were the year before. I could have ministered a message. I didn't believe it was the specific message that I should minister this morning. But I was thinking of ministering on practicing correct things in this new year. Maybe I'll have an opportunity later. We've got to practice what God's Word says this year. We've got to become more aggressive. It doesn't mean we're going to be freaks or weirdos. It just means we've got to take just a little more seriously the Word of God this year. And then let God have His way. Amen? So, we're going to look at living fully persuaded. If you were to take a journey with me, and we won't take the time this morning to look at every last place in the book of Genesis... But if you were to journey with me in the book of Genesis, we would see how Abram, who later had his name changed to Abraham, how he functioned, how he lived concerning a promise that God gave him. It it was a, a wild promise considering his age at the time, and it even got wilder as the fulfillment of the promise came about when he was 100 years old and Sarah being about 90 years old and giving birth to Isaac. God promised that. And what happened along the way? And you'll see if you were to look through uh, Genesis and, and, and chapter 13 and 15 and 17 and 19 and etc., you would see how God gave a promise, and then he would come along and also remind Abram concerning that promise. I mean, you've you got to find out what God has said, and what he's also emphasizing, and then let him have his way. And that's what Abram, who then became Abraham, eventually did, and as did Sarai, who became Sarah. They... Let him do what he wanted to do. He wanted to bring forth Isaac. That's what he wanted. And God needed that to happen so that then God could move and do several other things in in the years and decades to come. But he had to get these two, this husband and this wife, he had to get them to embrace this particular promise. And they did it. I mean, it was interesting. some of the things that transpired, and they tried to work out a compromise. We do the same thing we 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 believe we've got a word from God, and then maybe it's not happening, it's not coming to pass. We're just getting a little tired of waiting, and then we get together sometimes, either with ourselves or somebody else or whoever. And we'll figure out a compromise. You know what? I believe this is what the Lord could also use. (laughs) We've all been there. Rather than staying with what God originally said. I'll tell you what God's going to do. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And he's not going to bless anything else. He's not going to bless an alternate plan. He's not going to bless an alternate whatever when he's already said what he, what he wants to do and what he's going to do. And so we've got to find out this year and this decade, okay, what does God really want? And then zero in on that. And I tell you, when you find out what God wants, in line with, of course, always his promises that he's already made to us, when you find that out, and you go for that as hard as your little self can go, you'll be amazed at what God will do. Now, with that in mind, this idea of being fully persuaded, because that's what we, we see from Scripture. But we'll go to the New Testament, and we'll see it in Romans 4. And what, it's, what Romans 4 is talking about is what transpired in Genesis With Abram, Sarai, or Abraham and Sarah. Look with me in Romans chapter 4 and verse 13. Romans 4. And we will finish this morning by sharing with you some specific things you can do to live fully persuaded this year. Romans chapter 4. And verse 13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants, that would be us. The promise to Abraham or his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath. But where there is no law, there also is no violation. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. That's us, who is the father of us all, as it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who believed even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed. That's Abraham. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, here it is, with respect... To the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured or fully persuaded. Being fully assured or fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now, for his, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. The word respect in verse 20, it says, yet with respect to the promise of God. Abraham had respect for the promise of God. It means to not be withdrawn from the promise. We need to be promise-oriented people. We need to be hung up on the promises of God. We need to be students of the promises of God, not withdrawn from the promises of God, showing respect for the promises, not separated from them, not opposed to them, not hesitating where the promises of God are, not differing with the promise of God, every once in a while, I have to get myself by the year because I don't know circumstances arise or whatever, and i i I find my soul, the soulish part of me, my mind, my emotions, my will uh, I, I I'll find that those parts of of me kind of oh, well oh, oh, oh. Oh, I don't like this, or... I don't know about that. And I have to get myself by the ear and say, stop that! Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Get back to the promise. Get back to respecting the promise of God. You may need to have family meetings every once in a while. Where you talk about the promises of God and you talk about whether you are or you are not respecting the promises of God. And if you're not respecting the promises of God, then in your little family meeting, you need to make the determination. We're going to get back to respecting the promises of God. And ask him to forgive you for the wavering and the whining, which we all, from time to time, can find ourselves participating in. Even me. Now, when we have family meetings, it's just the two of us. It's very easy to call those meetings. It's just the two of us. There's no kids you've got to corral and gather around or anything like that. It's just the two of us. Respect for the promises of God. With that, we can then be fully persuaded. And that's how God wants us to live this year. Fully persuaded. That what God has promised, he's able also to perform. When our God makes a promise, he makes it for one reason. He wants to fulfill it. And he's just looking for somebody who will trust him. He's just looking for somebody that will say yes to his promise. He's just looking for someone who will deny the circumstances. I'm not saying deny that they exist, but deny the circumstances, the opportunity to rule and reign in their life. I have circumstances that are contrary to the will of God going on around me, just like you do. But I'm purposely. Daily denying those circumstances the opportunity to reign my life, and I'm giving Jesus, the head of the church, Amen. opportunity to reign in and then be able to reign through my life. He needs you, He needs me. He wants to rule and reign, and He wants heaven's will to be done in the earth, and He wants to do it through you and through me. Fully persuaded. Verse 21 speaking of Abraham, and being fully assured or fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Fully persuaded here or fully assured means to be totally convinced. You know, if you are, you ought to tell God every day that you are. I do. I just say, Lord, I am fully persuaded today that what you have promised you are able to perform. I give you opportunity. I'm I'm talking about a simple life now. I'm not talking about complication. I'm talking about very simply telling him, I am fully persuaded that what you have promised, you are able also to perform. And I want you to know, I want you to perform it, and I want you to do it today. And then it's up to him. Now, I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep obeying. But we've started the day that way, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Fully persuaded. Totally convinced. It means to totally believe. Not kind of believe. Not every once in a while believe. Not when it's convenient believe. But totally convinced. Totally believe. It means to wear the work of redemption. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Do you realize you've been purchased out of sin? Poverty? Darkness, eternal damnation, anything and everything that would ever be contrary to God's will for man. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus out of that. You've been purchased out of the kingdom of darkness and you've been transferred or or brought into the kingdom of God's dear son of love. It's a wonderful thing that's happened to you. So. What he's saying is, I want you to wear that. I'm wearing clothes today, clothes that I chose to put on that my wife bought for me. <laughs> I chose to wear them, and I'm, I've put them on, and I'm wearing them, and that's what God's saying to us today. I want you to wear redemption. I want you to wear the promises of God. I want you to wear the will of God. I want you to wear it this year. I want others to be able to see it. You know what I found out about living fully persuaded? You'll pray like it. You'll believe like it. And you'll act like it. You know what it's time for you and I to do this year? It's time to pray like God is able to perform what he's promised. But not just pray it, believe it, wear it, and act like it. Act like God's able. I'm telling you he is able. And I'll tell you why he is able, because he said he's able. And that settles it for me. And that's something we all need to settle this year. God is able to perform his promises that he's made to us and that he wants to let him have his way. Let him have what he wants this year. You know, he is the way. So why not just let him have his way? Because he is the way. Amen. Okay, let's wrap it up with Hebrews chapter 11. And this is actually concerning Sarah. I have no idea what time it is, but usually I can, I can glance at my wife, and if I notice some nervousness, that's, that means that, uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because she's not nervous about the Word. She might be nervous about how long she's been hearing the Word in one particular setting where I might be there present with her. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith Abraham... When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Now, we're back to this original promise that God made to Abram and to Sarah in Genesis. By faith, Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Here's what we're talking about today. If you will be willing to live fully persuaded where God's promises are concerned, you'll be able to do just what she did. She received God's ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. That was the life of of dear Sarah. She By taking the promises of God that had been made to them, by agreeing with the promise, by being persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform, in that context, she was able to literally conceive Isaac in her womb. What I'm doing today is taking this illustration of truth, and we're not talking about wanting... 90-year-old women to have babies here today. That's, that's not what we're after, okay? So don't even think about that. What we are after is each of us living fully persuaded so that God is able to perform what He's promised and that we'll be able to conceive the ability to let God have His way in the earth. That's what He's wanting us She judged him, or she considered him faithful, who had promised. It means she accounted. As an accountant would credit to an account, she credited, she accounted God faithful. That's maybe what you and I need to do each day this year. We need to do a little math. We need to do a little bookkeeping. And we need to account that God is faithful. She esteemed him faithful. It means she allowed him to have command and rule. And that's how she conceived the will of God. She allowed him to rule. She allowed him to have command. I don't know your personality type. I know a few of you, not all of you. I don't know your all of your personality types here today. I know what mine is. And I, Brad, I'll just be honest. I like that command stuff. <laughs> I, uh, even to this day. In certain circumstances, in certain, certain situations, I, I do like being in control. And what I have to be so cautious of because of my personality type is to make sure that ultimately it's Jesus that's in control. Nod your head if you understand what I'm saying. Amen. Jesus wants to be in control. Now, here's the deal. She received ability to conceive since she considered him faithful, who had promised. The life of faith in God always involves these elements. Number one, a promise from God. That's what Abraham had. He had a promise from God. Then there has to be a person who's considering God faithful, who promised. That's where Abraham came in. God promised. Abraham believes God promised. Is faithful, he's able to perform what he said, and then there becomes a reception of the ability of God to conceive what he's promised. Faith always works that same way. Promise from God, somebody that considers God faithful to perform his promise, and then in that process of faith, there is a, a reception of his, a conception of his ability For the promise to be fulfilled. That's where he wants us to be this year. Okay. If we're going to be fully persuaded. What do we need to do? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Settle it within yourself. Earlier this year rather than later. That you truly are in covenant. With the most high God. And I would settle it not just once and for all this year, but I would settle it daily. It'd be good for you to hear you say to the Lord, I am in covenant with you, Jesus, through your shed blood. I'm a covenant man or I'm a covenant woman. I am in covenant with you. I would tell him daily. That's what I do. I need reminded of that. I need to hear me say, I'm in covenant with the Most High God. Number two, settle it that as a believer in Jesus, you have received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, and that it's his will that you reign in life with him. Settle that, and I would do it daily. Jesus, I thank you. I've received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness and now because of that and only because of that i am to reign in life with you jesus today i choose to reign in life with you you need to hear you say that to jesus it's amazing how it will it'll it'll help order your day you're you're setting things in order that you're in covenant with him And that you've received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness according to Romans 5.17. And now because of that, you can reign in life with him. And that you're telling him, Jesus, I want to reign in life today with you. In other words, you're saying, I want heaven's will to be done here on earth. In and through me. Number three, settle it within yourself. That you're in Jesus, that Jesus is in you, and that you are saying amen to his promises today. The promises of God are yes and amen in him. Today, Jesus, I want you to know that I recognize you're in me and I'm in you And today, as an act of my will, I say yes to your promises. And then lastly, this could have been first. Establish a place and a time every day to get with Jesus and look unto him as the author and finisher of your faith. I'm not saying wait till you get to a service at Harvest Church. I'm saying every day you need to go to that special place wherever that might be and you need to get with him and you need to let him know that he alone is the author and the finisher of your faith. And I guarantee you if you will do this this will be the most phenomenal year of your life and this will be the most phenomenal decade you've ever experienced on earth Heavenly Father we want to be a people who live fully persuaded not a little persuaded not some persuaded not a lot persuaded but fully persuaded, fully assured that what you've promised you're able also to perform. My prayer, Father God, for Harvest Church is that this year truly would be a year of new. That it truly would be a new place and that this year would open the door to a whole new decade. A decade of life for others in this region. A decade of deliverance from sin, sickness, disease, and infirmity and poverty. That it would be a place here where others can find Christ and become part of the community of Christ, part of the new covenant family of God in the earth. Father, I bless this church. I bless their leadership. I bless every family. I bless every person. Father, we thank you for the new things you want to say this year of 2020. And, Lord, I ask that you would give this church ears to hear what the Spirit of God will be saying. Father God, we want you to know as we start the year that we expect you to perform your promises in our lives and in this church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands towards the Lord. You may... You may have sensed a chord or more than one chord within you that was struck like you would on a piano as the key was struck, then a chord was struck and played. You may have, you may have sensed a chord that was struck, maybe more than one, I don't know. Here's what I want you to do. If, if that's the case, somehow, I, and I would say do it verbally, but somehow articulate to the Lord that you, you, you believe that you, you heard what he was saying about whatever that was, and let it be known to him that you need his help to move into that and do that this year. Or that something that maybe he was saying needed changed in you. That let it be known to him. I heard you, Jesus. I heard you, Spirit of God. I, I heard you say that to me, concerning me. And now I ask you for your help in that area, whatever it is. Just is. Let's just take a few moments. Let's just take a few moments. And, you know, some some of you... Will want to be a little more demonstrative. Maybe raise your voice a little more than others. Some of you'll just want to whisper it to him. But I would, I would make some type of of sound with your voice un, unto the Lord. And just let's just seal it before we leave here. And some of you, you, you'll need to go to your special place and and talk to him about this. It doesn't need to take you all afternoon or all night, but. Maybe you just need to go talk to him about it and say, Lord, we're starting this new year. And I know in worship this morning we we hit that note, that special place in you, where we were talking about change and a new place and, and moving into that. Talk to him about that and verbalize it to him. Don't just think about it. Talk to him about it communicate, use your words. We tell our kids sometimes, use your words. (laughs) Well, use your words to him. And then in that context, let it be known to him. He loves to hear this. Lord, I'm going to live fully persuaded this year because I know you're going to give me the grace to do it. I know you want me to do it. That's obvious. So, Lord, I'm going to live fully persuaded this year. Lord, it's going to be a great year and I'm going to be one who calls the things that be not as though they were. I'm going to find the promises of God. And even though I don't yet see them fulfilled, even though they're unseen, I'm going to put my trust in those promises and the unseen is going to change the scene. In Jesus' name. Yes, yes, Lord, hear. we know you hear us as we lift our voices to you. We know you hear us. And we thank you, Lord, for granting us the petitions that we've asked. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.